Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire. Something to show, something to list, something to sell. Call today at 601-408-9980. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, here with your break from the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops Tugate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, fellas. Good to be here. Um, got a good show, man. Ready to get after it. And back from his hiatus, the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Shane Lott. You know what really helps cure a case of the syphilis? <laughs> Whiskey. Uh, and for the record, syphilis, bronchitis, same, same, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, they both start with a B. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, you know, Roger at least got your thump in last week. It, he did an excellent one too, and and was sipping on a fantastic bottle of whiskey. I, I just I couldn't have been any prouder in my absence how he represented the whiskey side of things. So kudos to you, sir. We've got some guests on this week. We've got a terrific show lined up for you guys. I want to I want to give a a quick um just a quick public service announcement. So Last for Life 2022. It's going to be July the 29th. We've talked about this the past few weeks. July the 29th at the Sanger Theater. Now, last year's show sold out in eight minutes. I'm anticipating a very aggressive uh, ticket sales push. Tickets are going on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. at laughsforlife.com. That's the number four, like Brett Favre. Laughsforlife.com. So, Leanne Morgan back again this year. Absolutely murdered it last year. Uh, Keith Alberstadt, you may have seen him on Letterman. Big Vandy fan. You know, they're rare. You got to come see him in the wild. And then who I think is one of the best up and coming talents, uh, James Austin Johnson from Saturday Night Live. He does the, he's the main impressions guy, just an elite level impressionist. He's going to be here. He's one of those, like, you got to see him before he gets too big to come here. <laughs> that's that's happened in the past. I think it's going to happen with him. So this Friday, 10 a.m., uh, set an alarm, set your calendar, laughsforlife.com. All right. So back in March, we had the big fundraising announcement for the university entitled Give Wing. March 26th, they made the big announcement. So we wanted to bring in some of the fine folks at the USM Foundation to give us a little more information and insight into the campaign. So please welcome our guests today, Megan Burks and Stacy Mercier. The USM Foundation launched the university's most ambitious fundraising campaign on March 26, 2022, and that is campus-wide, corner-to-corner fundraising efforts for student success, academic excellence, and innovation discovery. That includes not only academic endeavors, but also athletics. 
which are important, I know, mm -hmm. to a lot of us as well. So we're excited about what this can mean for our campus community, for our students, for our student athletes, and for all of us that love Southern Miss. So how did this, I know this has been in the works for a while. How did this campaign come about? This actually came about um, because the president and the other university leaders felt it was important for us to embark on this initiative. We actually got in a room. This started in 2016. We got in a room with the then athletic director, with the provost, with the president, and talked about what do we see as the future of Southern Miss in the next five years, in the next 10 years? What is our vision? What are we trying to achieve? And in the end, where we've landed with this campaign, the priorities are really heavily around student success efforts. 120 million of a 150 million dollar campaign goal is centered around student success. Specifically, 53.5 million is for new scholarship endowments. That's outstanding. So we have um, just last year we awarded somewhere around 2,400 privately funded scholarships, but we have 14,000 students. So trying to have a greater reach in the aid that we're able to give our students is one of the top priorities. So if I recall correctly, because I think my 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 memories may be a little fuzzy from that weekend that we, we spent together. <laughs> it was fun, wasn't it? It was a lot of fun. It was a great time yeah. to see everybody in uh, Southern Miss Fellowship. So this is a hundred one hundred and fifty million dollar campaign. Correct. I mean, that, that is, I mean, just like trying to comprehend that and having it be affiliated with Southern Miss, it's a little tough because you just, you never imagined that we'd have something like this. Let's break that down. Okay. So of the $150 million, Stacey mentioned $120 million plus for student scholarships. And that looks like a lot of things. Individual named scholarships for students in any area of the university, Eagle Scholars. So supporting our student athletes, facilities for our students. So we think about Quinlan Hammond Hall of Honor, the new home for our Center for Military Veterans, service members and families. All of that falls into that overarching pillar of student success. We are a university that prides ourselves on loving our students and making our students the highest priority. So that's the real big chunk of that 150 million. But then if you pivot just a little to, to academic excellence, we talk about our faculty and they are the holders of our intellectual capital at USM. They are the people who are in the classrooms, in the labs with our students, collaborating on research that changes the lives of Mississippians, those in the Southeast and those around the globe. So that little portion that feels like a small amount is not. So academic excellence looks like named professorships, chairs, and directorships. And some of us don't understand what that means in reality, but that is recruiting and retaining scholars, experts in their field, and academics that we might not understand solely. But when you take that collaboration across disciplines, it really ratchets USM up and increases our level of expertise across 
academia. And for someone who's in public relations, let's be honest, I don't understand all the things until I talk to a student who has collaborated with a faculty member and their research changes lives across our state and our region. And those are things that you can't amplify what that really means to a life and to research in a field. So Southern Miss faculty, they hold the intellectual capital at USM. And that is transformative across so many layers of who we are across Mississippi and the Southeast and the globe. So take that and you change lives. Absolutely. Yeah. I know that we haven't that I know that there's some things that um, are still to be announced. Um, but can you give us any any update in how this could possibly impact athletics? Yeah, absolutely. So about 70 percent of the goal is academic or non-athletic related. And about 30 percent of the goal is focused on athletic priorities. So Megan already mentioned things like Eagle Club. You know, I, I don't know that everyone really appreciates the fact that an Eagle Club membership is really a scholarship for a student athlete. One hundred percent of the funds raised through Eagle Club is going to student support, specifically scholarships for athletes. So 14 million of the goal is for Eagle Club scholarships. We've got another about 4.2 million um, that is for Circle of Champions, which is our highest level of donors that are support athletic programs. They provide funds that can be used for priority needs for the athletic department. And that may be a variety of things from coaching supplements to new facilities. And then there's also over $10 million in facility projects for athletics, things like the new turf in the baseball field. That was one of the campaign goals. And, and by having a longer silent phase, we're able to see actually some of that philanthropy come to fruition and we're seeing the results of that philanthropy. But that's just one example of um, some of the facility needs there for athletics. But yeah, about 30% of that goal is through the Athletic Foundation for Athletic Priorities. And have you seen the scoreboard? Yes. <laughs> have you seen the magnificent scoreboard at Big Bear Park? It's unbelievable. Because tomorrow night there's a big game. There is a huge yeah. game, right? So you got to have it. You got to have it for the sold out crowd. So That's right. It touches every area of the university. So. I was just looking uh, while you guys were talking there and at the Give Wing uh, site here, I'm looking at uh, – talk to me about these famous people on here, these co-campaign chairs. So let's take COVID out of the equation. But we had some conversations with our most renowned, name-recognizable alum – and Jimmy Buffett, Natalie Allen, Chuck Scarborough. We have some amazing people, Adelius Thomas, mm -hmm. who represent USM in the best light. And they came together and said, yes, we want to be a part of this. So from A to Z, we have alumni at this just really amazing level talking about how they support USM. So they're not talking about you should join us. You should be part of it, but you should join us. Because we are giving money to student athletes, to particular programs. 
um, the end of the day, Golden Eagles love USM. And they have put their money and their time and their efforts into making our programs stellar. And all we can do is say, hey, join us and join them in being the Golden Eagles at the top of the line, right? That Atelier's Thomas commercial is really cool. And the my favorite part of it is the touch at the end where he's standing <laughs> on the field at the Pete and his shadow is the shadow of Lofty Returns. Isn't uh, that awesome? Yeah, that's really cool. Really cool. Really yeah. well done. Thank you. We um, we kind of harnessed what everyone loves about USM and everyone feels that golden eagle pride. But if you could make that a picture and articulate that, what's better than a shadow of a golden eagle? Because no matter where you go with your USM degree or your love for golden eagle football, baseball, whatever, you are a golden eagle. And at the end of the day, that picture was. Yeah, it really it really resounded with. So many people, and um, we can only thank the people who were involved in that, like Adelius and Natalie Allen. And we have some other videos that are coming out soon that we will hold right. tight to our chest until then. <laughs> but there's some really cool stuff about people saying, not only do I love USM, but join me in being a philanthropic partner. Hopefully the one with Jason Bailey doesn't make it to air. I think that can <laughs> count. We can shoot video 24-7. That, that no, video we're... will be edited. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but the, I mean, you guys touched on it, but, I mean, we've talked about it for the longest time on the show and just as fans, just getting everybody just pulling on the rope in the same direction, right? And this right. is just one gigantic leap towards that and have some having some heavy hitters to put out these commercials and, and stuff like that, you know, it's – it makes it easier to get behind, I think. Uh, and we, we know several uh, big-time ex-football players, basketball players that love it just like we do. And I think that's that's kind of unique towards USM. There's a lot of other colleges where that's just where they went. That's just what they did. Um, it seems like we have a, a, a higher percentage of, of people that, that love it like we do, like, like normal fans. So There's it's really cool. There's something really special about a Golden Eagle. And regardless if you give $50 a year or $50 million a year, you're pulling in the same direction, right? You live to that that tightrope. We're all taking it to the top, whatever that means to you, right? Mm-hmm. So sure. we're back in March. March 26 had a big uh, event to announce the Give Wing campaign to the to – the, uh, uh, I guess to the Southern Miss community. And prior to that, I believe it was either the end of January or end of February. That's when the the final the numbers were were tallied as far as how much had been raised, about one hundred and nine million. What kind of an impact have we seen since that event happened? So as of March 31st, which is the most recent number that we've released, we're at over 110, so about 110.3. We're just now closing April, and we'll have new numbers posted. And we plan to update that GiveWingToSouthernMiss.com website every month so that the running tally will be out there. We we believe in being completely transparent about this campaign and what we're counting and how we're counting it and how we're doing on all of our goals. So, um, you know, that we'd love to kind of keep y'all updated, too, as we move through, because we've got till the end of 2025 to raise that 150 million. And we're really excited about where we are to this point. 
we had we had a few pe- people who thought we'd raise that 109 all in one night. And of course, that's not true. I wish we've, we've been counting <laughs> dollars uh, from the campaign since 2018. We had originally intended to have a two year silent phase. We were going to launch publicly in 2020. And of course, we know that's when COVID hit. And so we had to put a pause on it for what ended up being a couple of years. And that's part of the reason why we're so far into our goal um, now, because we have that extra two years to be working with individual donors. I'm really glad I post-dated that $109 million check. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to need some time. (laughs) But here's the thing that I want to make sure, because this group, this audience that listens to this podcast might not know all the things. And I don't know all the things, to be honest. But giving to SouthernMist.com is a great place for them to go and look at how we've set those pillar areas for student success, academic excellence, innovation discovery, and where we are today based on philanthropic dollars. But where we're kind of stretching ourselves is academic support because at USM, we have the most amazing faculty and staff. And in the classroom, they hold that intellectual capital. So what can we do to really amp up our our professors, the chairs of departments, the directors to say, hey, we want to name this. We want to name this particular program and give it extra funds. So the extra funds could go to many things. They could go to stipends towards travel for conferences. They can go towards all sorts of different things to make sure that our faculty the new recruits and those we retain that are the experts in their areas have the resources they need to do their research, to continue collaboration with our students and to amplify that research profile that we have. That's so amazing at USM. So we'll never stop raising money for student scholarships because our students need the funds to come and get their education at USM. It's very important. We also want to make sure they have the best faculty teaching them in the classroom. So our scope is very wide in its breadth to talk about what's important at USM, from the student athlete to any regular student who comes here on a given Tuesday, to their faculty, to the chair in their department, to make sure they're really getting the best effort and collaboration to do the research that changes their lives the lives of South Mississippians and the lives around the globe. And it's it sounds like a marketing ploy, but it's actually happening every day here at Southern Miss. We love it. And I'm, it's amazing. I'm looking at the website right now. And it's, it's, so if you want to donate, give wing to southernmiss.com. There is a link that says donate now. You can go right to that. Okay. Is that the best way to go about making is that the best way to go about yeah. making your donation? It really is. That's the quickest and easiest Quick way. And, easy. yeah. and whether you want to give to athletics or if you want to give to one of those pillars that um, Megan just talked about, there's a quick and easy link for any of those areas and just pop in the amount and away you go. But also there's ways to contact us, because if you're a Golden Eagle who isn't sure what that philanthropic vision is for your family, let's talk about taking you and your philanthropy and aligning you with a goal at USM. That's our job. We're the conduit. We're the relationship builder. We're the connector. So if you're not really sure what that means to you, let's let's talk about that and make sure that your philanthropy really is meaningful to your family when it comes to the university. 
Well, Megan, Stacey, I appreciate you guys coming on to the show tonight. Uh, do, do you have any final words for the Southern Miss supporters out there? Well, we're here to help. Uh, we're here to help uh, bring Southern Miss to the top. And so if we can ever assist anybody in, in making a gift or discussing their interests in helping the university, give us a call. That's right. Because to the top just means what we are today. And we'll raise that bar every single time we can. That was Megan Burks and Stacey Mercier. For more information on Give Wing, the campaign for Southern Miss, and ways to support, visit GiveWingToSouthernMiss.com. All right. So getting into the sports content of the week. Southern Miss Baseball, again, uh, breaking hearts, but giving you some hope there at the at the beginning and the end. So, Jason, why don't you get us started with what happened in Southern Miss Baseball this week? Yeah, so um, baseball right now sits at 36 and 12, 18 and 6. Uh, went 2 and 2 again last week, just like the week before. Uh, dropped another conference series. Could have won two of those uh, games pretty easily, I thought, um, and also probably could have got swept, uh, but, but really stepped up and found a way on Sunday. Um, but first of all, the South Alabama game down in Mobile at the Stank. Uh, we won that game 6-4. to four. And that's Had huge. You know, we, we yeah. talk about going 2-2 two and two on the week, but but beating uh-huh. South Alabama this day and age is is huge, given our recent history. No doubt, um, and, and had to come back to, to do it. Um, starter Matt Adams looked good again. Second consecutive uh, time he's looked good out there, six and two-thirds, four hits, three runs, uh, zero walks, and nine Ks. Might be somebody to look uh, to, to, to look forward to when conference uh, tournament action rolls or any kind of tournament action rolls around in, in the postseason. Uh, you know, those guys that, that are pitching towards the end of the tournament, there's they're usually not your Friday or Saturday guy, right? Uh, you're pretty deep and and into your uh, bullpen at that point. And he's a nice guy to kind of be putting it together right here, right here towards the end of the season. Um, South Alabama put up four in the seventh. Uh, that's when honestly I think I completely lost focus because we we're uh, watching that game while we were doing our recording last week. They kept that lead into the ninth. Uh, Sergeant came through with a huge two RBI single, and Lynch followed that up with uh, another clutch at bat, uh, singling to left and scoring scoring Peto. Uh, Justin Storm came in and went one and a third, and got credited with the win. Dalton Rogers got the save, his fourth of the season. Of the nine hits that Southern Miss had, Lynch had three, went three for five. Gabe had two, and McGillis hit a jack, his thirteenth of the season. Also, should be noted that uh, this. Uh, this game uh, with Southern Miss and South Alabama gave uh, Southern Miss the two to one um, victory for the se- for the season. Um, and Matt Adams, we talked about earlier, but Matt Adams no- uh, notched a career high for both innings pitched and strikeouts. So it was a pretty good start to the week. It's always good beating South Alabama, but you know I think all of us. We're kind of nervous. I know us here on Two to Top Talk, we're a little bit nervous about the Old Dominion baseball team coming to the Pete. And and we, we, we knew that Sutter Miss had some key injuries and and kind of coming in with a target on our back, I think, with that top ten ranking. 
ODU is really hot and can absolutely mash. Uh, you know, the ball flies out of the feet really big. So it, it was one of those situations where it was kind of stacking up for, for one of those moments, I think. And, uh, oh, and on top of that, uh, ODU's Friday guy is freaking unhittable. So, <laughs> you know, uh, and and he did not disappoint, honestly. Um, uh, yeah, he's an animal, and the first baseman's a gorilla of a human being that just smashes balls into the trees. So, so and I don't know what you guys thought about Blake Morgan, the, the pitcher that started for Old Dominion on Friday, but from out in the roost, uh, he's, I mean, he's not overpowering. He does a ton of strikes, but so everybody does. Um, uh, I think he's got a hell of a changeup, but it's you know it's like 86, <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, and and he's just unhittable. And you, you'd like to say, well, you know, he started off in the bullpen and whatever. He's got a zero point, I think, seven ERA now, 60 innings in, undefeated on the season, true freshman. So he he lived up to expectations. Um, he came in with a national. ERA leading of 0.54, and I'm not sure where it ended up at the end of the game. He only gave up one run, so couldn't have gone up that much. He went seven innings, seven hits, one run, one walk, six Ks, and we did get seven hits off of him. I think Louisiana Tech only got three, so he's just good. Um, another guy that's really good is Tanner Hall. Struck out 14 batters in a losing effort. Um, eight hits, three runs, zero walks. Hell of a line, really. Uh, just uh, didn't 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 get the win. Nine Miss- times out of ten, that that's a winning line. Yeah, no doubt. Fourteen guys. I think they might have ran out of case up there in the stands. You know, <laughs> um, Southern Miss goes down four to one, uh, largely due to Morgan and two just absolute bombs by by hit by ODU. Uh, the the spot that we sit in in the roost, it, it I think it hit the very top of the pine tree. Like if it had the pine tree had not have been there. I'm not positive this ball would have even touched the parking lot before it hit the building of the church behind us. Bombs. Um, yeah, on so, the uh, the Saturday game, Baker had Trackman stats for that home run, and I don't remember what they were off the top of my head, but it was a monster. Right. Absolutely. Um, the, the, the Monarchs are ranked set second nationally in home runs. Petraki hit his 12th. Kootenay hit his 23rd. Um, Tanner Hall falls to 7-1 and one on the season. Uh, side note, Gabe Montenegro got two hits on the day, including his 300th hit as a Golden Eagle. So that's pretty cool, but it was a loss, uh, and, and we were staring at, a, you know, staring at a kind of a, a repeat of the previous week, conference-wise. ODU, ODU is feeling pretty good about themselves. Saturday rolls around and we lose a close one, four to three. An absolute horrible call on the third baseline didn't help, in my opinion. Um, probably cost Sutter missed the win. What'd you guys think about that call? I'm talking about the with the ground ball to first. Um, Sergeant grabs it. He's behind the bag. Uh, the runner's caught in between third and home. He runs at him, so you're supposed to do. Gives it up when the when the runner chooses a direction. Got him in a rundown. Lynch uh, throws the ball to. Rodrigo, Rodrigo goes to tag him. I'm not positive if he tagged him or not, but either way, you cannot jump out of the baseline, right? Uh, there's still images of <laughs> the runner where he was in the baseline. He tried to tag him. He's three feet at least out of the baseline, which is not legal. 
Uh, he was deep into the green when he landed. Yeah. So either way, I mean, you know, if you graze, if the leather grazes the jersey, I think it's a, a, a an out. Baker said that after the game, Baker uh, said that he called it as an out um, live. And going back and looking at it, he wasn't positive. But either way, the guy should be out. Well, that run scores, and we lost by one. So, and, and not only that, that was an out. I'm, I can't remember if any other runs were scored that inning, but that should have been an out, and probably another out. I don't. I don't think that. any more runs were scored, but there were more pitches that were definitely thrown. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So that plays into it. One hundred percent should have been an out, either via tag or runner leaving the baseline, though. No question about that. Sure thing. Um, uh, and also, you know, Sutter Miss was just kind of snake bit at the plate. Hit several balls hard uh, right at them. None more than probably uh, Dusty Dick. Uh, it happens in baseball. We got breaks. Went out, they went our way for like a month straight. Everybody remembers that call at the plate versus southeastern Louisiana. Uh, was that southeastern or was it UNO? One of the two where the guy was safe. And yeah. they called him out and we won the game. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so the breaks went our way for a while. The breaks all of a sudden are not going our way, and we're still ended up going two and two every week. Uh, bases loaded, no outs in the very first inning. We only got one in. That really hurt. Um, we were still up three to one through four. Old Dominion took the lead with a three, three spot in the fifth. We kept ODU in the yard all day, which didn't seem possible after Friday. Uh, good pitching duel between Riggins and Pantos, I thought. Uh, Dalton Rogers came in in relief of Riggins and was absolutely unhittable. He went three innings, zero runs, eight Ks. Uh, you know, three innings, there's only nine outs available. Struck out eight of them. The dude can absolutely just, just mow him down when he's on. Um, you know, and there was another, there's another controversial play during this game. There was a play at first. Where the pitcher kind of cut cut off Danny Lynch. Uh, if you guys remember that play, uh, the, the ball was to first base and the pitcher was running over, and it, like a pitcher does to cover first. Well, then the first baseman waved him off. It was a bang bang play at first, but when he waved him off, the pitcher runs right in front of Danny, which isn't necessarily illegal. If Danny would have ran into him, it would have been interference. Uh, I think Danny slowed up just a hair uh, to avoid him, and then and then there was a you know so that's another really close play. Um, it was a tough loss, man, especially after that Friday one. I, I thought we had this one. I thought that the umpires completely just blew it, and um, not that they're the only reason that we lost, but that's two pretty big plays that probably didn't help. Um, well, we got the bases the loaded in that that first inning, and we didn't score two runs. I knew it was a bad omen uh, for the rest of that game. I, I just, I, I did not feel good about that game going forward because, uh, I mean, we look the the refs or the umpires uh, wrong sport. The umpires um, did not help us at all in that game. That that call uh, there between third and home was a missed call, one hundred percent. But we left entirely too many people on base. And we left entirely too many people on base in scoring position against a good team. And that's going to come back and bite you every time. And it, it sucks that it happened, but uh, that's the way it went down. Yeah. And so now, you know, we're staring at where we're down 0-2 going into Sunday. And this is, this is, this is where, you know, it's kind of put up or shut up. We came out swinging, man. We won this one, avoided the sweep. Uh, it took 10 innings to do it, but we won by a score of 5-4. to four. Old Dominion hit a couple more home runs. Shocker. 
Sudden miss with 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 two guys uh, having multiple hits on the day. McGillis two for five with an absolute bomb, his 14th of the season. Lynch two for five and the walk off single. Sudden miss through Waldrop and Harper. Um, Hurston goes six inning pitched, five hits, three runs, three walks, ten Ks. Harper went the rest of the way, four innings, a really long outing for him, but four innings pitched, three hits, one run, six Ks. That one run, uh, the homer that tied it up to have to send us to extra innings. Uh, Dusty Dickerson uh, came up with a clutch double and a run scored. His 18 doubles actually leads the team this season. Um, a sweep would have really hurt, like we talked about. It would have hurt bad. It would have been crushing, honestly. Um, uh, thought we had it wrapped up in that bomb in the ninth, but, you know, got a little free baseball, had a little team effort, took advantage of a miscue there, an error made by, by Old Dominion. Um, in the 10th, uh, but we never gave up, man. Stayed in the middle of the ring like Coach Barry talked about. Definitely weren't hitting on all cylinders, but salvaged one against a red-hot and an absolute uh, monster of a hitting ODU team. Southern Miss finished the day striking out 16. Uh, it's the 10th time this year that we've done that. So, you know, I don't know how you guys felt about it. We felt pretty good. Uh, I, I don't. I, I still don't quite understand how Old Dominion doesn't have a better record um, after watching them play. I, I do think part of it is that we got that ranking, right? Maybe we think, maybe we're pressing just a little bit. We can see the finish line, and and you do have that target on your back. Uh, guys come in, they get fired up. They don't get to play in front of crowds like this a lot of the time. Uh, that sometimes that plays to our advantage. Sometimes it pumps up the other team as well. Um, but these dudes can rake. Uh, whatever tournament that they end up in, if, if I mean, whatever uh, spot they end up in in the NCAA tournament, they're going to be hell to deal with. I can't imagine if they're a four seed going somewhere. Um, they're good. They're really good. Well, not only are their bats good, but, I mean, their pitching was impressive. That Friday night freshman kid's unbelievable. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they play the shift a lot, and they look to be exactly where they needed to be nine times out of ten and made I mean, some fantastic defensive plays on top of that. That that guy that plays first base for them that just smashes balls also has one hell of a glove. Uh, I mean, made some just ridiculous plays at first base that really, really hurt us. So, um, yeah, I hope they're on the other side of the bracket come conference yeah. say, tournament yeah. time. They got, a, they got a guy named Carter Trice. I don't know if you remember him from last year, but I'm not positive we ever got him out. Uh, preseason All-American, he's hitting like seven hole. It's not like he's having a bad year. I think he's hitting 320 with like 10 jacks. <laughs> you know, uh, that's how good their lineup is. So it's yeah. um, it's scary. I, I agree. I mean, I, I I thought you know they they are certainly coming along at the right time of year. Um, certainly going to be dangerous in the tournament. Uh, and I will add, you know, there's been times this year where you know it doesn't really feel like for a good part of the season that we've just been like an elite team. We've just ended up winning. Like we've been strong. We've had some breaks go our way, which has been great. But now for this stretch that we've been on, um, it certainly does not help not having Reese Ewing not out, not having not Reese Ewing not out there. It certainly mm-hmm. hurts not having Reese Ewing out there. And then you factor in Slade Wilkes, you know, who, who's been banged up and been out of action. And I'm, I'm not sure he's quite a hundred percent. Same with, with uh, Peto. So, um, you know, we, we've had that, that target on our back, but we've also been banged up. Um, so I, you know, I still confident that we, 
you know, can can make a run here. But I sure would like getting uh, Ewing back in the lineup for sure. No doubt. Hey, let me give a quick shout out to, to Charlie Fisher, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Charlie um, is, you know, starter, right? Uh, three. 30 maybe 320 332 years ago hit over 300 last year um hadn't seen much playing time this year i don't remember the last time he played in the field uh no. he made one hell of a catch up against the wall he made another yeah. nice running catch um uh we were joking that we weren't positive that he had a baseball glove anymore <laughs> you know but i mean he's looked great he's came in there he's played hard love his swing and um and you know that that's 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 a good thing to have but I mean you're right the in- injuries have definitely played a part um hopefully I, I haven't heard the latest on Ewing but I think the original prognosis was around four or five weeks something like that we've got to be nearing that so possibly back for the middle series I guess that's the the best case scenario is come back for the middle series um get your swing back get your legs back under you a little bit and and be ready for conference tournament and hopefully use those two weeks um to get right before you know the real tournament starts i heard an interview with barry somewhere recently and he wasn't willing to commit to a time frame uh at that point in time and that was that's been an interview i've listened to in the last week or so so uh hopefully everything is progressing with him because we can definitely use him back in the lineup absolutely so Tomorrow, I'll record this on Tuesday. Tomorrow, Wednesday, the 11th, we are playing against Ole Miss. Everybody knows this game has been sold out for quite a while. It's going to be an absolute zoo. Toughest ticket to get that I can recollect in in quite some time for Southern Miss. I know I've had several people hit me up, and I've exhausted uh, every avenue that I have to get tickets. Uh, Anybody hit hit me up for any more tickets? I don't have any. I can't find any. It's impossible. I don't know how you're going to do it. You're going to have to climb your ass over the fence or come down the trace or something and enter illegally because it can't be done. Um, Ole Miss comes in at 27 and 19, 10 and 14, 10 and 14 in conference. Of course, already lost to Southern Miss and Pearl this year, 10 to 7 on April the 5th. Uh, the Rebels are hot. Uh, they won all three this weekend versus Missouri. On um, last game, Southern Miss started Stewart. And Ole Miss started Diamond. Uh, I would probably look to – I mean, have, have the starters been announced yet? Yeah, uh, we're Adams? starting Matty Ice, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I figured Matt would be going again. Um, and they're starting a junior that's like four and two, I want to say. Was it McDaniel? I, I think we played him last year in the in the, uh, in the the tourney. Yeah. I don't pay attention to names. Of Drew, Drew, to Drew, Mc, Drew McDaniel, a 6'2", 190-pound uh, right-hand pitcher. Okay. Uh, well, you know it is. I mean, we're we're probably gonna everybody's gonna throw a whole bunch of pitchers, <laughs> even though those two, even though I said Stewart and Diamond started. As I recall, I think both teams threw like six guys, so it's gonna be a lot of pitchers thrown. Um, Ole Miss comes in hitting 280 as a team with 76 homers. Contrast that uh, with Southern Miss hitting 277 as a team with 59 homers. Um, Ole Miss is led by Elko with 17. And McGillis and Sargent both have 14 apiece for Southern Miss. So, um, you know, Rebels can hit a little bit, man. Uh, hopefully that pitching depth that we've bragged about and leaned on so much this year uh, will help us out tomorrow night. And everybody wants to win that game tomorrow night. It would be lovely to go undefeated against those guys in that league this year. But 
the biggest thing this week is is this huge series versus UTSA this weekend. UTSA is coming to the peak. And, you know, this is where you want to be at the end of the year, playing meaningful games. Uh, we have the lead in conference play. Uh, and you're kind of playing against the best. We just had Old Dominion. We saw how good they were. UTSA is a lot the same. Uh, 32 and 16 on the year, 16 and 8 in the conference. So we have a two-game lead over them. They have no midweek game this year, which seems to be uh, a recurring theme. It's, I don't know, the third or the fourth time that's happened. I don't think Rice had a midweek game. Uh, I'm not sure Tech had a midweek game. Shocker that this is happening with this league. But, uh, you know, again, it's it's. do you want to play? Do you want to rest your guys? At this point, I would probably want to rest, especially playing a team like Ole Miss tomorrow night where, you know, you're just going to – you're, you're – you're, uh, energy level, your passion meter or whatever, is going to be just cranked to 11 all night, and then you got to, like, get right back up on Friday. Um, but but UTSA can hit a little bit just like Old Dominion could. Not for power like Old Dominion, but they're hitting 304 as a team. They have 48 homers, also have 25 stolen bases on a year. Luke Malone is an absolute handful on the mound. He's 7-1. and one. I'm guessing he's going to be their Friday guy. 7-1, 1. 1.99 ERA, 63 innings pitched. Uh, opponents are only hitting 232. Daniel Schaefer has five saves and 3.29 ERA. Team ERA of 5.22. UTSA just took two of three from Marshall at the Bird Bath, so they're at home. No midweek coming here on Friday. Going to be rested. Going to like we said, two games back right now. Big, big, big weekend, man. Uh, they do have a win over to number seven, Texas State, and they actually took two of three from Old Dominion. But they also uh, let Rice score nine one game, four the next, and 16 in the third. So, you know, they're vulnerable, but they have some ability. Definitely can't take them lightly. Uh, if we don't show up, uh, we could be in trouble going into that Middle Tennessee weekend. What's it going to be like for them playing in a baseball stadium? Like with with actual people there? With people there. Like that's going to be a different experience for the Roadrunner Faithful. I hope they, you know, they may get spooked a little bit. That's uh that's a little different. That's a little different for them. Hopefully uh, the peak can play into our favor there, uh, especially with those relief pitchers down the line. Um but man, here we are, you know, end of the season. Um Got two weekend series left to kind of make a make another statement. We made one hell of a statement there for about a month straight. Uh, now we're keeping our head above water, but I think it's time to uh, time to go ahead and make a final statement in this conference USA season. So the good news. Everything. Is, go ahead, oh, go ahead, Jamie. I'm sorry. I was I was just going to say uh, everything that the team set out in front of them goal wise at the beginning of the season is still in front of us. Uh, I mean. Uh, uh, should we have lost two games in conference series and back-to-back weekends? Probably not, but we can still win a, a conference championship, regular season and tournament, which we host. Uh, we're still ranked in in the top 20 in every poll and in, in the top 15, 14 in most of them. Uh, and we legitimate hosting uh, in the NCAA tournament is still on the table. Probably not going to get a national seed at this point in time unless we just go crazy. That's probably out the window. But hosting is still a really big deal. I mean, only 16 teams out of the 7,000 that seem to play college baseball at the D1 level get to host. So uh, 
disappointed in some of the recent events, yes, but uh, don't go into full-blown panic mode and, and jump ship on the baseball team yet. Uh, everything can still be perfectly fine. And we've still got, you know, RPI when we started this recording was actually at 16 and now it's at 18 because of uh, our opponents all seem to lose tonight. So we're, we're still right there in the mix as far as all that goes. And these last seven games are all are all higher RPI teams. So it's not like it's it's not like you're, you can you can lose to somebody and it really just like take you completely um, out of the running like it could have earlier in the season. Um I will say this, too, about the game against Mississippi Oxford tomorrow night. The good thing about this game being in Hattiesburg is it will be televised. It will be on ESPN Plus, as will the games this weekend. So if you don't have a ticket and can't make it out there, or if you're out of the area, uh, download that ESPN app and check out the game on ESPN Plus. As far as the- I will, I want to throw one thing in there about ESPN Plus and our and friend of the pod, Jason Baker. Um, I... For the most part this weekend, I was at the beach. It, it was Mother's Day. Uh, our anniversary is the ninth, so it was yesterday. So we kind of did a, a dual thing where we celebrated both and went out at the beach. So I listened to Juan Cox for a lot of the ball games. I made it home Sunday in time to catch the end of the game on ESPN Plus and listen to Jason Baker make the call, and that's the game that we won. So I'll I'll take a little bit of the blame, uh, but I will have to say that Jason Baker and and me getting to listen to him call a game while watching on the ESPN Plus may be a good luck charm for us. And I will do my best to watch every single pitch of the games this weekend on said ESPN Plus. Uh, hey, let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, so on the ESPN Plus broadcast, uh, the normal. Because um, where we sit in the roost, you can kind of see uh, the camera operator over there in his little wooden structure. Uh, this weekend, they had a boom, and it was lifted way higher. Could you notice a whole lot of difference? I'm not sure why they moved them. If that was just if the ESPN thing. Uh, it should have been a much higher perspective looking at it from center field from well, the camera. I will say I, the last home series we had, it was a little windy and myself and a bunch of other people were complaining that the center field camera angle was giving us motion sickness because it was just <laughs> all over the place constantly. Yeah. I was like uh, the poor person out there just was nervous and shaking, but it was the wind. So maybe they did something to remedy that. I didn't notice. I didn't notice <laughs> a, a, an extreme difference in the angle, but it was a lot more steady than the last time that I watched when the wind was blowing and uh, hopefully fingers crossed that was the remedy to that because it was almost unwatchable when that camera was bouncing around in center field. Cause I mean, that's the camera they use for most pitching shots and sure. I almost threw up during that game. It I mean, it was, <laughs> it was terrible. Um, Look at the RPI. Well, really you did quickly. have syphilis. So yeah, oh, that, yeah, that'll do it. Look at the <laughs> RPI really quickly. So our last seven games against three teams, all three of these teams are in the top 56 of the RPI. That being said, <coughs> none of them are in the top 52. So Ole Miss has an RPI 53, UTSA 56, and Middle 10 55. Well, I guess it's time to stack those <coughs> 51 to 100 wins while we can uh, because uh, outside of that – uh, we may not have an option until 
uh, NCAA tournament time rolls around. Well, the good news is if 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 um, <coughs> if any of those teams beat us at any point, then that gives <coughs> that you know that'll move them in the top fifty. If you want to have a silver lining of things. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe we give up one to them just so we can get some top get 50 some RPI top 50 wins. RPI. Yeah. Uh, polls. Uh, USA Today Coaches Bowl has us at 11th. NCBWA 12th. D1 Baseball and Perfect Game both have us at 14th. Baseball America at 17th. And Collegiate Baseball at 20. Uh, real quick, in, in the football world, in the USFL, we had a rematch of one of the uh, greatest coaching battles in Southern Miss history. Larry Fedora of the New Orleans Breakers defeated Kevin Sumlin once again of the Houston Gamblers by a final score of 23 to 16. Not as expected in a Larry Fedora Kevin Sumlin matchup. This uh, score went under. It was under the projected 43 points for the game. So. Uh, things are changing for Larry Fedora late in his career, and the Breakers have been a really one of the better defensive teams in the USFL. So, um, you know, no Todd Bradford on defense for the for the. Uh, I think they I think they had a beer after the game. Yeah. Wait, what's that, Someone Jason? Fedora. You think they had a beer after the game? Someone in Fedora. Uh are they all just staying in Birmingham? Yeah, they're all yeah. just Where staying in Birmingham. Practice? These teams, is it just they're just out on that field like day after? I mean, how does this happen? How many teams are there? Uh, there's eight. eight, eight, eight teams. teams. One stadium. One stadium, yeah. And two stadiums. Yeah, two stadiums technically, yes. yes. Legion Field and UAB's field. What one city? Okay. In Birmingham. So it's just so weird. Next year they'll be. Next year they'll be back in their respective right. cities. All right, Jason, you're good. Shane, <laughs> it's your turn. Did you miss me, folks? <laughs> um, Jane, uh, I definitely did not uh, did not update your your the sports last week. Well, that's all right. When I I sent through that I would you know had been down at the docks and had contracted the syphilis and I said <laughs> that. Uh, I hadn't done any notes. Uh, I sent a few things via text message for you guys to mention if you wanted to, uh, and you promptly told me to go screw myself. So uh, I'll get some of that stuff in this evening. Um, the spring semester is winding down. Uh, it's finals time right now. So uh, some of our sports for the spring have already ended. Uh, everything else is kind of wrapping up right now. Baseball is kind of the, the lone one that runs a little longer, but uh, just to get you caught up on softball, uh, I did not give you any updates from last week. Uh, Lady Eagles went two and two last week. Uh, Wednesday, the 27th, they did fall four to five at Mississippi State. Then Friday, the 29th, they won four to three versus Western Kentucky. Followed that up with the same score on Saturday, the 30th, and won four to three versus Western Kentucky and then dropped that final game. Uh, against Western Kentucky and Hattiesburg 0-4 to on the 1st. Uh, then this past weekend, to get us current, ladies wrapped up their season by getting swept at league-leading Louisiana Tech. Friday, the the 6th, they lost 0-1. to Saturday, the 7th, lost 1-6. to And then a heartbreaker on Sunday fell 7-8 to when Louisiana Tech came back and, and uh, walked them off. Friday, Mo Leinstock struck out 8 and did not allow an earned run. An unearned run in the bottom of the 6th was the difference of the game. 
Uh, and then that was Moe's 23rd complete game of the season. On Saturday, Hannah Borden had a solo home run for her ninth of the season, and a grand slam in the first was enough for Louisiana Tech to hold the Lady Eagles off. Uh, Sunday, Lady Eagles were up by four in the bottom of the seventh, but could not hold on to salvage the win. The uh, ladies jumped out to a three to nothing lead in the first and were up seven to three going into the bottom of the seventh. Jana Lee had a two run home run to lead all Southern Miss freshmen with five on the year. Destiny Brown recorded her final stolen base of her Golden Eagle career to see her final tally at 108 stolen bases. She was 29 for 31 on attempts this season. Um, Excuse me. Destiny Brown and Tata Davis uh, wrapped up their Golden Eagle careers. Uh, we will desperately miss those two ladies out on the diamond. They were huge parts of the program for the last five years, really. Uh, and in, in, in that same vein, both of them, Tata Davis and Destiny Brown, were named to the Conference USA All-First Team. Uh, Brown earned All-Conference USA honors for the fourth time in her career. And Jana Lee was named to the All-Freshman Team. Track was in action. Uh, they were at the um, previous weekend. We're at the Maroon White Invitational in Starkville, the 29th and the 30th. Uh, Fred Mudani won his second Conference USA Male Athlete of the Week last week after winning first in the shot put at that event. Uh, Kenya Seals won the 200 meter and ran the fastest time in Conference USA this season in the 100 to place third. Trinity Benson placed second in that 200 meter as well. Corvell Todd placed second in the high jump. Sandra Spott took first in the 1500 meter and improved her personal record to four minutes, 21.77 seconds. Jordan Spear placed third in the women's shot put. Kate Maddox won the 800 with a time of two minutes, 14.49 seconds. Dylan Evans placed third in the 800 with a new per, uh, personal record. Landon Chalden placed second in the 400-meter hurdles. And Carlin Beal and Rebecca Decay plus second and third in the 3,000-meter, respectively. Next up for the Golden Eagle track squad, they wrap up the season. Well, actually, don't wrap up the season. They wrap up. The regular season has been wrapped up. The Conference USA Outdoor Championships in San Antonio, Texas, will be Wednesday the 12th through Sunday the 15th. Uh, men's golf, uh, last time I talked to you, they had not finished the Conference USA Championships at that point in time, but uh, they did shortly thereafter. The gentleman placed second in team play to advance to the match play round, but fell to UTSA at the Conference USA Championships at the Texarkana Country Club in Texarkana, Texas. And that was back on the 25th and 28th of April. Bryce Wilkerson was the low eagle at one under par. Robbie Ladder was named to the Conference USA All-Second Team. Robbie had the lowest scoring average in school history this season with a uh, 71.88 average score. Ryan Dupuy was named to the Conference USA All-Freshman Team. Uh, This was the final season for seniors Hunter Atkins, Cameron Clark, Brian Richard, and Bryce Wilkerson wrapping up their careers in the black and gold. Beach Volleyball were in action at the Conference USA Beach Volleyball Championships at the John Hunt Sand Volleyball Complex in Huntsville, Alabama. That was back on the 28th and the 29th. Lady Eagles played as a sixth seed in the first round. They fell one to four to three seed Georgia State on Thursday, the 28th. Flight three duo of Taylor Pierce and Olivia Hepworth picked up the Golden Eagles lone point after falling 13 to 21 in the first set, bouncing back with 21 to 16, 15 to 12 victories. Friday, the 29th, 
Lady Eagles fell two to three to seven seed Louisiana Monroe. Again, flight three pair of Taylor Pierce and Olivia Hepworth won, winning 21 to 11, 21 18. And the flight five pair of Carmen Sanchez Delgado and Kai Norman won 21 11, 21 19. Breely Favre, Olivia Hepworth, and Melanie Miller wrapped up their careers in the black and gold on the sand volleyball court. Uh, Breely Favre and Olivia Hepworth have both been big parts of that program since its inception, basically. Uh, last but not least, those were the sports per se, but the talent awards were held Wednesday, uh, May 4th at the Lake Terrace Convention Center. Uh, the Golden Standard, which is the member of each team who best presents, represents Southern Miss, were as follows for softball, Destiny Brown, women's track, Ariana White, volleyball, Kenzie Smith. Soccer, a Samantha Stigmalair, Stigglemare, yeah, Stigglemare. Cross country, Lena May. Women's basketball, Brakela Gray. Women's indoor track, Kenya Seals. Women's golf, Tinley Moretti. Beach volleyball, Olivia Hepworth. Women's tennis, Ibru Zainap Yazgin. They, uh, from what I, uh, a copied and pasted from the press release. They did not put her middle name in there, but I've said that name hundreds of times over the course of the spring, I feel like. So uh, we'll put that in there. Baseball, Gabe Montenegro. Men's track, Corvell Todd. Football, Swayze Bozeman. Men's basketball, DeAndre Pinckney. Men's indoor track, DJ Butler. Men's golf, Thong Papat Ratatanyan. And men's tennis, Shamaril Shareel. Cheer, Aiden, Claire McGinnis, and the Southern Misses, Annabelle Giles. Uh, the Team Community Service Award went to the baseball and women's basketball teams. The Colonel Fletcher Leadership Award was Kenzie Smith with volleyball. The Golden Eagle Award, which is a member of the Southern Miss staff that goes above and beyond, was E.K. Franks, Executive Senior Associate AD for Student Athlete Services. The scholar teams of the year were men's tennis with a 3.404 GPA and women's cross country with a strong 3.718 GPA. Scholar athletes of the year were Drew Boyd for baseball, the doctor, and Monique Burton, women's tennis. Newcomers of the year, Reed Trimble for baseball and Dominique Davis for women's basketball. Most valuable Eagles were Ariel Diaz for soccer and Corvell Todds for men's track. And the teams of the year were baseball and women's indoor track winning their championship. So uh, we got just uh, just a little bit left. We got track and that's that's about it, boys. Uh, so my. Long diatribes here at the end of the show are basically wrapped up at this point. So Reed, I, I do like that Reed Trimble got the newcomer of the year, and he's gone already. Yeah, like, well, <laughs> this this was a delayed event for obviously the previous seasons. Very very uh, weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Congratulations. I saw then. some stuff on Twitter earlier of uh, Reed Trimble taking some batting practice in the minor leagues and was looking pretty good. So uh, hopefully we got some Eagles that. Uh, take a tear through the minor leagues and, and end up in the show here soon. Um, who, uh, who's the pitcher that just made it on with <laughs> Walker, Cleveland? Walker Powell, no, 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 Walker no, no. Powell did oh, get uh, so high like, a, um, but Kirk, wasn't it? Kirk McCarty. Kirk? Yeah. Back, yeah. back McCarty. up with Cleveland, right. not Kurt, but Kirk, Kirk. Yes. Right. Yeah. He was up and then, he, you know, the other guy came back and I think he got in like one game then he was back down and he's back up. So, Two guys from the same exact Southern Miss pitching staff. 
on the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, Walker Powell now in in South Bend, high A for the Cubs organization. So, uh, congratulations to him. And do you guys have any shout outs? I want to give a few shout outs. My first shout out to Jeff Russo, uh, Matthew Russo's dad, uh, plays for Sudden Miss. Saw him out in the uh, in the roost, and uh, Maddox introduced me to him. Uh, and standing right next to him was Matt Lynch, uh, Tim and Danny's brother. Uh, said that he listened to that Danny episode and really enjoyed it. Uh, Jeff's dad also listens to the show, so that's cool. Uh, Ladner, Pinkney, and um, Coach Juan and some recruits came out uh, to, to the roost to Saturday game, I think. Had a, had a really good time. Um, hopefully we get some, some good results out of that roost visit. Uh, T-Row cooked up some boneless ribs and uh, went really well, I thought. It was good times. Um, Farmer came into town, stayed the night, watched a couple games. And last but not least, uh, it's Coach Will Hall's birthday today. So I realized that uh, we're recording at it's 9.30 right now on Tuesday. And there's no way you're going to hear this before. It's not his birthday, but even if you're a day late, wish that dude a happy birthday because he's the real deal. He's going to take us back to where we need to be, and he's just a good guy. Like him. Buddy. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd, happy birthday, happy birthday Hall. Coach Hall. Um, I'd like to throw in an additional shout-out there that I'm actually surprised Bump didn't hit on. Uh, congratulations to Trey Sutton and his wife, Olivia, who welcomed their son to the world here recently. Whoa. Got uh, got a future Golden Eagle shortstop in about 18 years on the way. So congratulations, Mr. Sutton. I guess he'll have to he'll come in right on the tail end of Jack finishing up playing shortstop here. So <laughs> Bailey and Sutton right behind that. I'm good with that. I like it. Shane, what about yourself? Uh, besides uh, my, my shout out to, to Trey and congratulations on his son. I can run over my whiskeys real quick. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Been doing a pretty good job of hiding that syphilis cough with my cough button tonight, <laughs> uh, but that one slipped out on me. I uh, can only talk so long before my throat gets dry and, and start to hacking away. Uh, I went with a trio of Midwestern grain products, bourbons out of Indiana. Uh, you won't see those names on the label because, as I've discussed uh, about them a few times before, they're strictly a, a contract distiller. Well, I'll say that, but they've got their own brands out now. Uh, George Remus is a brand of MGPs, and they've started buying some ownership stakes and in, in some other bottlers. But um, all three of these whiskeys are, are bottled under different brand names, but they all come from the same source. Uh, the first one is OKI. That stands for Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana. That's kind of the, the heart of, of American bourbon country because of the limestone uh, in the ground there that filters the water, takes the iron out. You do not want iron in your water when it comes to making bourbon. It gives it a really bad taste. So that's why, uh, if anybody ever wonders why whiskey and bourbon specifically comes from that part of the country it's because of the limestone shelf that's that's located there that filters out the iron in the water and makes it good for making whiskey so yeah a little science lesson there for you tonight i'm not just a drunkard we know some things about this uh so that oki was a single barrel pick from north carolina bourbon society all of these are around six years old 
So that one comes in about 113 proof. Second pour was a uh, smoke wagon uncut unfiltered, same distilled by MGP, but uh, further aged out in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, and that guy really does some good stuff, uh, Aaron, with smoke wagon out there as far as blending bourbons together to make some really good tasting stuff. That one's about 115.4 proof and wrapping it up finally here with a uh, old scout smooth ambler pick from my friends at Carolina Whiskey Society. Uh, this one's coming in at six years and wrecked up the heat a little bit to 120.8 proof. So um, the six years is kind of the, the beginning of my sweet spot for bourbon. Uh, I'm kind of done buying anything that's younger than that. Uh, I kind of prefer eight and up, but uh, I, I feel bourbon kind of needs about six years in the barrel before it starts knocking off some of those really young, harsh, corn tones that uh that young whiskey has going on so that's uh that's why i went with those three tonight and and uh all three good pours i'm gonna give a shout out to our guests tonight megan burks and stacy mercier mm. go to the website give wing to southern miss.com check it out if you feel inclined to do so please give a donation looking forward to seeing how big this number grows. I also get, I get to give a shout out to Jason. Well, he got to hang out the other night at the oh, better, that's right. better Ezra. than Ezra concert. There's so many people I ran into and caught up with and like, I, I don't know if I could go through and name everybody, but it was, a, it was a good time to see everybody. Uh, I had a good time at the show and, um, good to, good to, good to get to catch up. Really Ezra great. Still put there, on a good show. Um, you know, they, I, I really enjoyed it. They still got it. They still got it. I enjoyed it. That I could have done without an SEC comment, but other than that, they still got it. <laughs> and uh, but I mean that, that that venue out there at the Lake Terrace Convention Center, the lawn, uh, the lawn. It's it's incredible. I, I tweeted out a picture and I said it was a Catalina wine mixer. Um, it does kind of have that feel to it. It's really well done. The whole thing, the lighting, the just how it's set up. Um, I. I, that's the second or third show I've been out to out there, and um, I, I'm looking forward to the next one. It's uh, it's 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 really it's really cool. About how many people does that venue seat? I've only seen pictures of it. It, it seems pretty cool. Oh, uh, shoot, Jamie, how many people were there? Like a couple thousand? Uh, I don't know if it was that many, um, but it was a decent amount. Um, I mean, now, I think it could get as big as you wanted. Yeah, it could I mean, definitely they, get as they, big as you wanted. There's probably 100, 150, I don't know, at least 100 yards, I guess, from the stage to the actual convention center. So if you wanted, I mean, if there are people all the way back there, there's probably people for 50 yards of that, maybe. So okay. however many people that is, it was really good crowd. Um, and just cool, man. I was glad to be there. I couldn't believe I turned around and Jamie and Melissa were there. I was like, "What's up, Kim?" Kim was there. Yeah, as well. That was so. good. And they, they, they like you know they played the hits, but they they got a little wedding singerish. Like they played a lot of covers, which I mean I don't know more than like four or five of their songs, anyways, which is fine. But towards the, like towards the end, I was like, okay, I don't know what they're gonna play next, and then they just <laughs> started breaking out. The they covers. came out to an encore of um, Tiny Dancer. Yeah. Okay. Really enjoyed it. It was good. Interesting. Uh, yeah. 
Very interesting. I didn't so get any mosquito bites. I was kind of surprised by that, being outdoors in South Mississippi. I was kind of like, okay, I forgot to bring the spray. And uh, so I don't know what kind of system they've got going on out there. At, it's at a very the, good point. Lake Terrace. DDT. DDT. <laughs> Agent Orange. Is that a second old Hercules site or something? Dude. Um. Man, bro, I drove by Hercules the other day, and, like, I still have, like, PTSD from when I was a kid. I, I think that's what's wrong with me is <laughs> – One of the things, for sure. One of the things was that I was – my daycare when I was a kid was in walking distance to Hercules. So That sounds like the beginning of a bit. You should work that in. Yeah. I know, right? Nobody, but nobody knows what Hercules you is have now. To it would have Hercules to be in some some way. Yeah. Like my target demographic for a Hercules joke would be like at a Southern Miss women's basketball game. That would be like the people that would know. <laughs> Someone that lived in the avenues. <laughs> know about Hercules. So, all right, we had enough show tonight. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope we have uh, a lot of wins to report on next week. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg. Never ventured far away When it comes to playing football Here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay I could play for North Carolina Ohio State RLSU You play a good game of football But Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you season is over and done fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs Florida State or Tennessee but I chose Southern Mississippi and right here at home is where I'll always be I could play for Alabama USC our Notre Dame You have lots Of things to offer But Southern Mississippi Puts you all to shame I could play For North Carolina Ohio State Or LSU You play a good Game of football But Southern Mississippi Is a whole lot better than you Season is over and done. All 
of your teams with famous names will see we're number one. Ask Mississippi State. Ask Mississippi State. 